Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. Earners, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy to use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex, simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k, and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, the real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. 
I used it. You should go over here and start using it now. The time has come, ladies and gentlemen. InvestFest, that's right. That's right. InvestFest 2023 is here. August 25th, 26th, and 27th in Atlanta, Georgia. We are taking it to a new level. Bigger than ever. This year, we're going to do 20,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia. I want you to do yourself a favor. Head over to investfest.com right now. We will have activations from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days, musical performances, billionaires. Everything is gonna be a completely life-changing experience. Vendor Marketplace, Food Truck Village, you know how we do. Don't wait, don't hesitate, head over now. But you guys are bigger than what you intended to be. I'm not saying you, you, you say the biggest ever with confidence. I love it. The bravado of this culture. But you you really mean something to people. Yeah. Like like people go, de- you know, I've been around a long time. People go decades that don't mean nothing to nobody. Y'all like you've transcended space and time where it took, you know, it's like what they what they say when Jane what they did, they're gonna make a make a paper they did to Cold Crush. You know what I mean? Live on that. Live you you're an example of it. Right. All right, guys, welcome back, EYL. This is uh, gonna be an interesting conversation. <laughs> so we're back in Atlanta. It's a full circle. Starting the right way. Full circle moment. So yes. was that the first time we started doing interviews in Atlanta? That it was the first series of interviews. Yeah, of Atlanta interviews. Yep. So right. that was episode forty. That uh, was about three years ago. Yeah, and that was in um, the Gold Room. That was in the Gold Room. That was in. A, I guess the best way to describe it, like a community room mm-hmm. in, in, inside of an apartment complex, in, in, a, in a building. Yeah, <laughs> that was a community. Mikey room. was drunk. We shout out to Mikey. <laughs> that part, part is true. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. We, we had to edit some things out, but we got it done. So actually, so he lived in the apartment building. Wow. So That's why we were using that because that's where he lived, and this is where he. Well, he has a couple houses now. But this is one Mention of his, Mike. This, this is one of his houses now. You know, talking about Mikey, baby. <laughs> uh, look at this. We went from a community room <laughs> That's a fact. to a house with many rooms, but only one is furnished. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget that part. That's a fact. Beautiful though. That's what that's what time was. So yeah, so you was at you was at the, the beginning stages. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to see. Um, our, tra- our trajectory, and we got to see your trajectory as well. So, you, so you was there at the beginning stages for us. We, you got to witness our growth, and we've got to witness your growth, your family, yeah. everything. Um, so, it's been a very beneficial relationship on many different levels, as far as the business side, but just you know the personal relationship, brotherhood. You know, that's the, exactly that's important. Um, so, before we start, wanted to say thank you. For everything that you that you've contributed to yeah. us uh, on a business side and like this on KB. A personal side, like as well. how we start, yeah. and in the personal side, and I said this off camera, I want to say it on camera. We've interviewed a lot of people throughout the past four years. We've had relationships with a lot of people out throughout the last four years. Not many people call us to ask us how we're doing on a personal level, but you do. I mean, I'll get a random call on a Thursday night. Yeah, see how you doing? How's the family doing? How you feeling? How's the health? All right, I love y'all. Yeah. That doesn't happen, and that makes you a very special person. And it's, it should happen more. It's something that I'm looking at. Like I need to do that more um, because it's something that we should be doing for each other. Um, so thank you for that. That brotherly love 
that camaraderie is, is not taken lightly. I Thank appreciate you. that. Yeah. Appreciate so that. Kenny Burns, the lifestyle specialist. <laughs> we still go. We still going with that for life. I, no. <laughs> lifestyle specialist yeah. for life. Yeah. That is a fact. So, uh, but a lot has changed since the last time we spoke. Yeah. Um, new business ventures, mm-hmm. new opportunities. You got a new show. Different things have happened since yeah. the last since three years ago. So, what you guys inspired by the way too? Appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. that, man. Appreciate it. So, um, in movies now. Yeah. yeah, man, God is amazing. Got a lot so going on. Felt, felt like this is a, a, a perfect time yeah. to have a follow-up convo. Yeah, so 200 think- episodes later. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The dream is real. real. Well, you was also on the 100th episode. So the 100th episode, we had like a- Oh, that was when we were on stage. No, no, no. That was, um, we. it was virtual. You came and then Dame Dash came like right after you came on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. six different people. We had it on, on a virtual. You, oh, remember, you remember that? I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was a, on, we had four Zoom. people come on. We had some champagne. We popped it for our hundredth uh, episode. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So we had some special people that helped us get there, be part of it. Got it. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you guys connected with Dan too. That was some legendary talk. Well, that's thanks. a fact. Thank and, you. And that's continued. That relationship has. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. We always tell that story, like how you connected that, and then how Dave from UM. Connected us with you, yeah, and I mean, that's how life works. That's how it is. We have a relationship with everybody still. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So I want to get into it. The first thing, obviously, you got the product placement. <laughs> this guy's good. I learned from the this best. guy's good. So we yeah. spoke about Uncle Nearest. Yes, the first interview we spoke about Uncle Nearest. Yes, you told the story about uh, the former slave. Uh, who was named Nearest? What's his last name? Nearest Green. Nearest Green. Who was the actual dis- Nathan Nearest Green distiller behind the Jack Daniels brand? Yes, he was right? the first African American distiller on record, and he was the first distiller for Jack Daniels. And he's the one that taught Jack Daniels fam, like he taught them how to do it. Yes, he taught Jack Daniels uh, how to make whiskey. Um, since that interview, um, master distiller. Um, but since that interview. It's not only the fastest growing independently owned American whiskey in U.S. history. We have, uh, I think, seven expressions now. The Nears Green Distillery in Shelbyville is home of the lar- uh, longest bar in the world. It's at Humble Baron, a venue inside of Nears Green Distillery. Um, and it's grown leaps and bounds. We actually uh, outsold Delion this year. You like that? Uh, you like that? I've heard of that brand. Yeah. Uh, speaking of brands, <laughs> I learned from the best. I learned. From Puff. I learned from Puff. Puff, I'm giving you credit. You taught me how to. That's what I'm saying. Killer. Inspiration. That's inspiration. Oh, there, there are some other brands that are up here. Yes. One yes. that we're f- very familiar with, LS Liqueur. Shout out to the Haitian Massive. Yeah. Shout out to our people. How, how did you get connected with them? Because we, you know, they sent us uh, the the liqueur, uh, and I think that might have been the first time we actually sample something like wow on camera and it was incredible and we love their story and we love the brand at what point did you get connected with them so we have a 50 million dollar fund at uncle nearest where we take bipoc brands and help them realize their dreams if they have great product good packaging whatever we try to get involved and help them well this came along at a time when we had picked several mm. and we really didn't have room for them on the business side of that function and so Fawn called me one day and was like, yo, I tried this Haitian Cremos inspired cream liqueur mm-hmm. and I'm lactose intolerant and it did nothing to me. And I was like, what is it, low on 
lactose? And she was like, yeah, it's like, I don't feel anything. You should try it because I'm lactose intolerant too. So I was like, send it to me. So when I saw the bottle, I was like, this bottle is crazy. It looked like some ancient African less like thingy. And I tasted it and I was like, this is delicious. I was like, how do we get involved? She said, well, they need investment. If you want to go in, I'll go in with you personally. So um, it was beginning of the pandemic. Um, I bought 10% of the company. She bought 20% of the company. And we went head over heels and we redesigned the packaging. Big shout out to Miriams and Stevens. They have built probably the best cream in the business and we're on fire. We just had a $12 million valuation 18 months later. And um, that's incredible. It's moving. Yeah. Cream is the new champagne. Cream. <laughs> cream rules everything we... around me. Mm. <laughs> The dream is real indeed. So, yeah. so <laughs> I want to talk about, before we go through the, the line, let's talk about just the vision and what is the, what's your involvement as far as expanding your portfolio of liquor? Because you were involved with Uncle Nearest, now I see three other bottles. Yeah, well, I'm actually an investor in Uncle Nearest. I'm not just involved. I don't like the way you put that. Okay. Thank you for the point. Yeah, so, very so, important. Oh, so ownership investor. is key. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, invested. Yeah. I went from seventy-five cents a share to twenty-five dollars a share. That's different. Yeah, it's different. That's important. Yeah. So I had it with a couple hundred thousand. You know what I mean? So you can't really do the knowledge. Say shit like that. <laughs> Somebody's doing the math on that right now. Somebody's adding up. Yeah, yeah. right now. Small investors. So talk about the the <laughs> portfolio. Your your even your vision of growing a portfolio of spirits because I know you were a brand ambassador for years. Yes. Then you became have ownership now you have all of these different things so yes. what's the thought process behind that well i mean i was an ambassador supporting other spirits and making them a lot of money and you know i started out at rockefeller with damon armadale so i, I was a part of the introduction to hip-hop as far as ownership and, and liquor you know i don't know if you remember back then but jay was belvedere in every record and so it was like I never. I think it was an ad or something that had like a stick figure with a New York Yankees hat on in the in a Belvedere ad. Like it was the weirdest like ad I ever seen. But I know that Dame and Jay at the time really wanted to you know own their own stuff. You know what I mean? And that was clothing. That was alcohol. That was anything they were highly contributing to in culture. And that was my first entree into it. And to be honest, if they had never gotten into their thing, I think that could have been a big deal because it was everywhere. And they were great. Armadale. Armadale was everywhere. Whatever, oh. What happened to Armadale? I don't know. They stopped rocking with it. Yeah. Armadale popping out. Only thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Only thing missing is But it's missing. sad because yeah. they literally were the first on the red carpets, in the films. In the, it was everywhere. Dame had that bottle everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he was a genius. Dame doing the money dance with, the, with Armadale. Yeah, he was early. You know what I mean? But then Puff picked up the formula and Ciroc. lights out Joe Jackson. Yeah, and I'll never yeah. forget Jackie Lee, actually, who worked for Diageo, had a whole plan. Um, with that, like she was the one, uh, if I'm not mistaken, who introduced Puff to that opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'd say probably one of the best things that ever happened to him. So when y'all interview him, you know what I mean? Include that. Jackie Lee. But yeah, no, so I just saw, I saw how people were like, you know, basically like-minded spirits, fashion, things of that nature, they were investing in them and I wanted to do the same. You know, I was a spirit whisperer. Um, for a long time and it made sense to go into ownership. When you're looking at the, the spirits industry, are you having a checkboard as to like, I need to get a tequila, I need a vodka, I need a cognac, 
I have a little core. Is that how you're approaching this? Absolutely. And my latest investment, great segue, you're a professional. Um, <laughs> this uh, Bayab Gin and this Vusa Vodka are African-owned, I'm sorry, African-made spirits. And there has never been a black-owned spirit to come out of Africa. It almost sounds outrageous really? to say that, right? So you look at Amarula, you look at all the things that are on the shelf that are African, they're owned, not owned by a, a black person. So one of the things that attracted me with this brand, you can see it, I mean, just look at the details. I mean, it's African owned, all the botanicals come from all over Africa, so it's not a region in particular that we're stuck to, but the packaging is amazing. And then the juice competes with any juice in the categories, specific categories. Um, you know, Rashad didn't want to hold this too long because, you know, he's he's a personality now, so he, he, yeah, he, gets, paid, he gets paid for what he endorses. Sugarcane is inside of Yeah, no, it's a sugarcane rum. And so yeah. for me, like, when I, to your question, I'm looking for partners that are really about that, you know, that growth of, you know, said brands, right? And with the Spearhead Group, because that's the company I invested in that owns uh, Vusavak and Bayab Jin, their blueprint is all botanicals from the from the continent, mm -hmm. the diaspora, which is everywhere in the world. And this next play, and I'm gonna give you an exclusive. This next play, you know, the only reason tequila is called tequila is because of the region of Mexico, right? Africa, which I did not know, is the second largest grower of agave in the world. So that will be our next expression. It'll be called African agave. It's gonna change the game. Mm. So. When you're investing in these companies, you, you have mentioned like a group, you're doing this through a group or this is like just your own personal, somebody's coming up to you and you just like it and you just like. No, this came from uh, our incubator program too. And Fawn had already identified a uh, gin, if I'm not mistaken. So I did the, it, it come, all the fallout comes to me. So Fawn, say her name correctly, Fawn Weaver, right? Fawn Weaver. Yeah. She, My spirit animal. So she is. The person that started Uncle Nearest? She is the founder. She's the founder of Uncle Nearest. Creator Nearest's. of Uncle Nearest Whiskey. So um, then she brought you in as a part owner in Uncle Nearest. Yes. You developed a relationship with her. Yes. She's involved in all these other liquors as well? She's only involved in this one. The, this uh, Spearhead Spirits, which is Vusavak and Bayab Jin, I ventured out on my own. Just by yourself? Yes. So, well, not by myself. I'm with the Pendulum, a black owned fund out of LA. Uh, big shout to Robbie and Dorita Robinson. They gave you know a bunch of money to help. So how did that work? You connect? Can you just explain how you got involved. Well, in I mean, you know, in life, guys, you have an opportunity to bring people to the table or do it yourself. I've been a master of you know putting up my money on some in some instances and then raising money in the other, getting the same percentages and amounts. So you got to figure out how you want to play. Sometimes you're liquid and you let go of a million dollars. Sometimes you can raise three and a half million dollars for. 10% ownership or stake in, you know, in a business. So you just got to be intent. The LS cream is interesting because I want to really hammer this home and case people didn't know this. So we interviewed them. Yeah. Um, a couple out of Montreal. Yeah. And that was during COVID. So we did it on Zoom. Miriam and Stevens. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was before your involvement. Yeah. So they approached you guys or you approached them? Um, again, it came from Fawn. She introduced us. I'm saying, how did she get involved in it? Do you know, it came to, it came to us as a possible incubator okay. opportunity, uh, which I mentioned, and we we loved it so much it couldn't go through the incubator at that time. So we just went ahead and rocked out and invested our own personal money. I want to. Can we can we go back to the agave conversation? Absolutely. So it, that was so big. I don't even know how y'all let that. 
I'm not letting it go. go over your head. No, I'm not gonna let it go. African agave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna let it go. Cause it, it, black, it, black tequila. <laughs> the fuck? We're not gonna let it go. Yeah. Uh, so agave, it grows through other parts of the world. Absolutely. America and the Caribbean. It, gr- it grows in a bunch yeah. of places, yeah. I'm sure, but the, so, the amount that grows is the significance. The amount that grows. So Africa, is there a specific region, or are we talking about all throughout the the continent where it's growing? But is it being exported, imported? Sometimes, like we have natural resources, yeah. but we don't have the infrastructure to export it. Yes, or refine it. Or refine it. it. So, and like, Africa is where very we low. Yeah, Africa is very low in resources because they, we actually have power outages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying with distilleries and things that we use to. What put, part of the continent are we in? Um, we're in like South Africa. Okay. Um, but West Africa, I mean, it's it's regions and pockets. Right. Um, I don't know the actual region that has the most, but the continent as itself, you know, in itself. Is like Mexico in the right that they have the biggest crops in the world. Obviously, Mexico being the number one. Yeah, I ask because I mean a lot of people think like, hey, I don't have the money to invest into spirits, but there's other opportunities inside of spirits. And so Absolutely. Being a part of some uh, uh, establishment that is creating the refinery or figuring out how we be- could become a transporter because it has to get to us. It has to. And so there's other opportunities inside of it. Yeah, but the continent of Africa is the most bastardized continent in the world. Like people mm-hmm. come there for resources all the time with no credit or lifeline even, they just take and go. Mm-hmm. But to your point, there's distribution needed in Africa. Mm-hmm. There's electricity needed. You know, that's why Akon's going ham sandwich trying to light up Africa with this new um, electrical grid movement he started mm-hmm. like so there's so many opportunities and it all yields and leans to a lot of different businesses i mean africa probably has the most opportunity in the world for growth as far as business is concerned so yeah and i actually was talking to my big shout out to demola and chris who are my who are the founders of um spearhead spirits they you know we were having a conversation the other day and as we're you know doing having these one concerns with you know this you know uh, distilleries and things of that nature and how we're adding solar panels here and we're doing this in case, it, you know, the power goes out. So I'm telling them like, yo, make it bigger. It doesn't, mm-hmm. this needs to be spirits. It might need to be distribution hubs in East, West and South Africa, North Africa. So, you know, opportunities everywhere. But I suggest to your point, people look into this business of spirits mm-hmm. and see the many different opportunities outside of just making an actual product. And if you want to go the product route, see what's not in the, in the market. All of my brands tell a story. Haitian cremas is much like coquitos, you know what I'm saying, as far as the Spanish community is concerned. You know what I mean? That's legendary. There's not a household that you could probably go to. Somebody making that. You know what I mean? And so when you bring something like that to life and then wait, it tastes better than Bailey's? All you got to do is, is we call it love at first sip. When you taste it, it's over. Can we have that? Can we have that bottle? I brought you more than one, actually. I already got it. That's that's why we brothers. How how we love this is this is important we're brothers right? in love. <laughs> That's a fact, and this me? is a really we've had it before. It's a great liqueur. Uh, how cash intensive is it? If somebody wants to invest in a product, is it something that could be five figures or is it six figures? I mean, it could it could go. Yeah, high, I, right? you have to be funded to do anything well. I'm right. not gonna act like you can just get into the business and say, oh, I have a. You know what I mean? Because if it's wine, if it's beer, um, and wine or beer, are probably the lowest platforms and spirits that you can enter with not a whole lot of money, probably mm-hmm. under five figures. But then you get into distribution. If you walk into Publix or, you know, Whole Foods, wherever you shop, there's 800,000 wines. Mm-hmm. There's 800,000 beers. And I'm not saying literally, I'm saying figuratively from the standpoint, there's a lot of competition. 
So you got to see, one, how you're going to penetrate the market. Again, I would focus on markets that, you know, don't have what you're offering. And there's many things to put your spin on. That's another thing I would encourage people to do. It's like we're going into the technical, well, they call it tequila, but the African agave business. Mm. But there's no African agave. Why do you think we're so excited? The industry's going to hear that and they're going to go nuts, right? Mm -hmm. And you can only do that where? In Africa. Anybody can go to tequila and find tequila brand. That was actually the first thing I ever invested. It was called tequila distinguido. It means distinguished in Spanish. <laughs> then we went down there. We had the gun, armor, all that, because the president's son just got killed. And that was a whole experience. But, <laughs> you know, it, it 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 is like a thing where, like, timing plays in it for me or has played in it for me. And I think it plays in it for other investors that want to get into it. You have to, you got to really learn about it. I was an ambassador for other brands for damn near 15 years before I owned anything. So let's talk about the marketing, because that's probably the most important thing when it comes to liquor. Yeah. And I know you're lifestyle specialist, so you have a background in, in making brands hot, marketing. So traditionally, the marketing plays, and correct me if I'm wrong, for the liquor brands from our community aspect of it was right. get it hot in the nightclubs, right? Yes. Get it hot in the nightclubs. Everybody followed that blueprint from Diddy with the DJs, Ciroc boys, um, 50 Cent now, where he does these activations for his yeah. liquor in all these clubs. Get it hot in the nightclubs because people buy bottles. and But these aren't really, doesn't seem like the type of bot. This isn't bottle service. It is not. So what's your, what's your marketing plan for this? Well, uh, great question. You're getting... You know, episode 40 to now, I want to say that. <laughs> you can see the growth. Appreciate it. Your intelligence level is always there. It's the personality side that's caught up with it. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a great point. And when Fawn initially approached me, I'm like, oh, I can do a 100,000 case deal here. I can do 25,000 cases there. She said, I don't want any of that. She said, this is a brand that will stand beside Jack Daniels. Johnny Walker, you know what I mean? Like all the legacy brands and we have to treat it as such. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I knew what it meant, but I, I'm like, what does that mean for us right now? You, <laughs> so you're coming to me. I want to so go to live on Sunday. I no, but, but you feel can me? Can I put sparklers in this? Right. She used to hate when I did that. <laughs> but the key though is like, I understood one way. Let's make this hot right now. I'm going to put you in lax and decent. I have my own and off-premise game is legendary. I got every relationship in the world. But she was like, I don't want that. I want your relationship with the culture. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get it. She told me 80% of whiskey drinkers is white men. You know what I mean? She started really breaking down the approach, right? And she trusted me with Black America to keep people at bay. Because, you know, as soon as this came out, I was like, ah, Whitey stole it. White people steal everything. You know what I mean? And I had to be like, yo, this is the story. This is what it is. I went, you remember I was on Breakfast Club when I was I was doing all these interviews with her initially, and then it was my job to handle, you know, black culture. Like, no, this is bigger than anything you can imagine. Now, mind you, she's a black woman in the height of Me Too. She's in the height of black women finally getting their due access grant, all that. Mm -hmm. And you know, she knew she had a, a, an agenda. So to your point, none of this was built on the facade that is the club. Now, mind you, we know a million brands that didn't make it in the club. The club was good for mm -hmm. the moments. Like Puff benefited. You know, Jay benefited with Ace of Spades. Yeah. 50 initially when he had the, the other brands. This was before the brands. And then uh, what was the thing called he had? 
Effin. Like, you know what I'm saying? So they were rocking. Michael's waiting for Yeah, Mike's like, I used to drink the shit. I, I know it. I, I know used more. to love the cucumber. I know them all. So, and, but, and, and even the other brands that wasn't part of our culture that benefited from it, like... Um, like Grey Goose. I was like, man, yeah. what's the other... Uh, well, Chris Dow, but then... Yeah, uh, we put them on their head uh, eventually. Uh, when uh, what's the... the uh, the the what Jamie Foxx had the song hypnotic um no. oh mm. you said Grey Goose the shot what was it what was that what was that um, tequila that everybody was drinking at one time Patron Patron yeah facts Patron but 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 great I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think people understand that the lifestyle and landscape has changed there's no mega clubs no more Mm-mm. you're not going to a club with 57 booths no more like all that's dead everybody they want cocktails you know what I mean and that was the brilliance of Uncle Nearest it was door to door every on and off premise. You know what I'm saying? Place that existed that believed in legacy, believed in heritage, believed in tradition, things that people don't adhere to in the marketing space. Mm-hmm. They weren't like Puff is the goat at putting like I don't know, they just came out with the, the, the honeydew. What what's what's the latest one? Right? <laughs> but he is running the flavor, bro. Like he's not, I'm not this new, is not a diss. No, play, yeah. like, every month. no, but he gets it. Yeah. I was there when when pineapple went crazy, but then apple came and knocked pineapple out the way, and then mango came. Coconut, then he, right? Melon, yeah. So, so the point I'm trying to make is like it's a new day. The the lifestyle landscape is changing. People don't, they want experiences. They want to have more things that they can connect to because a lot of people, everybody can't get bottle serves. Everybody can't get the, the sections. And now the sections are so disgusting with the hookahs. Twenty four <laughs> dudes. You know what I'm saying? Three girls. And and t- twenty seven tentacles, you know what I'm saying, and four bottles. Twenty seven. That doesn't even add up. That ratio. Girls have like hookah burn marks. You know what I'm saying? It's the, it's, it's out bad. of control. It's a bad ratio. Bad <laughs> so to your point, though, I think people need to get into like if you're really into this, you need to get into the. If you're not following me, you should be right. Kenny Burns. But I do this thing called Feel Good Friday, and every Yo. Feel Good Friday, I'm bringing on a mixologist to give true. you an experience. It's all about the experience, and that's what culture is. So it's high, music changing too. It's more of a high end luxury. It's not only higher luxury; it's taste level. Culture has lost its taste level, and pun intended. But you get what I'm saying. But it's yeah. lost its taste level. Like the the thing about you, I heard earlier. I was just telling him offline. Like I love how you spoke up about people being on time. I'm paying you for a service. You know what I mean? The yeah. expectations are so low because we continue to accept mediocrity. No, I don't need you. D-Nice, he doesn't announce acts anymore. He just sells out the Apollo and then tell you who's going to perform. That's a taste level. Yeah. CQ Live is a taste. Like, it's, I'm going to hear great music. Oh, my God. D-Nice, Kenny Burns, Clark Kent, the nucleus of this is going. I know with them alone. We're going to have a good time. You're going to have a, a great time. The best time you've ever had. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, what you guys are doing is bringing that taste level back, too, because I told you episode 40. I don't know if I'm a, I, I speak prophecy or I, I'm a forecast, <laughs> forecaster. I was telling y'all about how important the culture piece is going to be. I told you how I love the information and how it's actual information that people could use. Yeah. Not only use, but hear and digest. But the culture piece, that's why I'll be on y'all about the first. You know what I'm You don't like the first? I called you about the first. You ain't like the first? What was your issue about the first? That I was. That I was called a, you about the first. You did. But the, but we spoke it, about it. No, no, it's but, but it's not. It's not. It's <laughs> it was not. No, listen. Not, it, it was. First of all, it's Madison Square Garden. So yes. To you in your hometown, yes. fulfilling dreams. Right. 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 Appreciate it. But y'all don't wear furs. 
Well, here's why. There, there's a couple of things. No, 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 no. But y'all don't wear furs. No, it's, it's not a, couple, a bad thing. It's a couple of things, though, right? But you, do, have you, do you wear furs? Legitimately. No, not regularly. We don't. Okay, we're not going to go find a picture right now. Of me and a fur? Except that day. So my, It's a big day. So, first of all, it's the, listen, Madison. The thing about when we, when we, when we but think, you feel what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, but here's the thing, right? We're paying homage to a moment in time, right? So, like, when we, I, we had that phone call, like, yo, we should do this. We're going back and forth with each other, like, yo, let's pay homage. To that hit me now era, we wanted to feel like that. But when people you. when when people think about the garden, they think the the Ali Fraser fight. They remember the Frank Lucas scene when he had the fur on. It was no, like, it's culture. It, they I, they I have it. a who is this guy? He's arrived. We don't know who. But he y'all is. have transcended what you thought you created. But no, no, no. Listen to what okay, I'm saying. Keep going. Keep going. This, this is not a this is not a call and response. Yeah. This is not a. This is Big Bro saying y'all have transcended what you thought you were creating. This is not a call and response. <laughs> yeah, this is not. You can say what you like. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna shut shut you off. I'm gonna tune you out. But you guys are bigger than what you intended to be. I'm not saying you you, you say the biggest ever with confidence. I love it. The bravado of this culture. But <laughs> you you really mean something to people. Yeah. Like like people go. De- you know I've been around a long time. People go decades and don't mean nothing to nobody. Y'all like you've transcended space and time where it took. You know. It's like what they what they say when Jane what they did they gonna make a, make a pay for what they did to Cold Crush, you know what I mean? Live on that. Live you you're an example of it. Right. So you you the history homage is amazing, but now that he's claimed to be a fashion god, <laughs> icon. You, no, icon. icon. I never said god. No, no. But, but, but with your intent, <laughs> language is important. It's very. <laughs> I just want you to know I see you and I hear you when you. But, no, we but, but you are intent. Intent is intent is intentional. Intentionally. Intentional daily with that statement. Right? So yeah, as you grow hey, and you wear fur, Keep going, keep going, keep going. And you do the fur thing more and you wear first, first makes sense. But the, the shocking awe, I don't see y'all as shocking awe. I just see y'all as contributors to culture. And we can redefine that because it needs to be redefined. Cultural, Col- uh, cultural curators. contributors. Curators. You, 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 yeah, yeah. You, cultural no, contributors. You, you've passed curation. Yeah. Your culture. And now, see, people bastardize the word. Culture is tradition. Culture is heritage. Everything you do is what Good these word. motherfuckers' parents were supposed to do. What their brothers and siblings and educators are supposed to do. That's what y'all do. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And we, and I was sitting over there like a, I mean, like I, I helped you create this. I was really, when he did that, and, mm-hmm. you, and you and y'all started talking about holding culture response, that's all I've ever tried to do. People could take whatever I say, but I also say that Puff inspired the shit out of me. I would not be here without him. I, to your point and your point when y'all were talking about people that are here that you have to award for the blueprint and participation. Now, we're not going to let you jump off the bridge, but that's where we take over. That's where y'all take over. Mm. You take over by accountability. Not I'm going to outdo somebody in this, this comp. This, this shocking all shit is disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. But y'all are showing up right, and it's valid. Appreciate it. I encourage you. Appreciate it. Wise brother. words from a decent man. Appreciate yeah. it, brother. <laughs> Thank you. And I, there is a picture of me on a mink, by the way. Um, ten years yeah, yeah Shot, <laughs> you, you know that was you're gonna, you're gonna figure out a way. Hey, it could be you at six years old. He's gonna figure out a way. I think the head north there. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of cultural contributors, can I, can I say before you do that? I like the word tradition. Because what we're doing is paying homage, but we're carrying on the tradition of what we saw. You have to carry on. You have to carry on tradition while fixing the 
mishaps that because we watch tradition and we watch how it's being fumbled like you 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 commented on a i I put um i put rich porter in my story glad you pay attention to my comment one of course i put rich porter in my story and it's the legendary picture when he's in hawaii with the pineapple and he had two presidential rolexes on one on each arm yeah and i I made a comment i'm like rich porter 1987 and you hit me and you was like um i forgot what it was saying but it was like what y'all doing is is more beneficial obvious like bro it should be glamour like and i get it and i understand that and you're completely right because for so long you know we've glamorized we've taught to though we were taught to right and it's like you know and that's not in the grand scheme of things that's not something that should be glamorized but it is part of our culture no so if we could take the best elements of that but then kind of so that's why even like okay this velour suit this is inspired by an 80s drug dealer but we're not selling drugs yeah we're teaching financial literacy no listen have you ever sold drugs? No. Have you ever sold drugs? No. Okay, so that's the reason. And that's it. Yeah. It's, it's authenticity. You have your own swag. But it doesn't mean that those people are not the people you inspire to be. No, listen. Uh, listen. No, I, Tony, I, get, no, 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 I get what you're saying. Tony Lewis Sr. just came home doing 34 years. Do you yeah. know Tony Lewis From D.C., right? So he's caught up in the Rayful Edmonds. He was Rayful Edmonds co-defendant. Okay. So that's Wayne Perry. Ray mm-hmm. Ball, like mm-hmm. That's who Alpo told on, right? That's the DC niggas they was referring to in the movie Peyton Fool that yeah. I gave Dame Dash. That I am, I am, I am a product of Tony Lewis, right? Yeah. And I had a, the pleasure of sitting with him and Tony Lewis Jr. Yeah. two weeks ago because we we're going to work on his story um, in the form of, of of a movie. And I was literally telling him, I was like, "Your son and I are your wildest dreams. Like your son did not go down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. I did, right? Mm-hmm. But I also got locked up one time." And, and, and chose a different path for my life. So this is what you would have done, I believe, had you been given the chance. If you had been judged on your first offense and not a part of the biggest drug conspiracy in the history of whatever, whatever, then, you know, on helicopters, going to Conoco, getting put in, you know, they were, that was some big things, right? But if you had the chance, you would have done what I did. You would have flipped it because to your point and why you posted the thing in Rich Porter or the, why y'all, the reason y'all wore me, whatever it's been, is because that was the first luxury look we ever had that was the first that that was our neighborhoods that was yeah. that's the yeah. first thing you saw somebody yeah. ride through with the sob or the pathfinder whatever it was that caught your eye and the point i think that you know i want y'all to own is that y'all don't have to do nothing outside of what y'all have done this is enough this platform is bigger than anything that could ever be contributed yeah. it, it really is because you. the information you know um, is so overlooked, especially to this generation when they have access to everything. No, that's a fact. It's yeah. not even like they go on to, you know what I mean? So for them to tune in the yard and tune into your cohorts, I mean. You know what was under the mix? That's what? crazy. What was under, at MSG? This guy's crazy. A green custom suit. Yeah, I, I saw it. And what did I do? I called you? I, I love you. But it's not about I love and respect for each other. It's about y'all. Saying. No, it's about earners. What's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right. We're creating a new educational experience that's more expensive. Charlie, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG, the mortgage guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, 
plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's E-Y-L-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. No, it's I'm talking no, about I love It's fine. But I say you're KB. I saw you in this color, I and I had to. I just want to let you know. I know. I want to c- c- carry the tradition, and I appreciate that. Speaking of speaking of cultural contributors, <laughs> let's talk about. This is gonna be one of the best. Ever. <laughs> let's talk about your podcast. Yeah. So, the media situation during the pandemic, everybody was trying to find their niche, right? Um, and people were consuming content at an all-time high. Yeah. So you were doing the Instagram lives, and you was getting like everybody, like Shaq, Jamie Foxx, like you was getting a bunch of A-list celebrities. Everybody. Yeah. Well, that's what I just said. No, but like everybody. <laughs> Literally, I just said that. Don't ever say that to everyone. <laughs> everybody. So, so, I'm just about to prove a point. That's why. Great relationship. So, so great. I mean, three o'clock every day. Yeah. No, that's a fact. For like a year and a half. He's yeah, we, we, we was there. We stepped in. Very consistent on that. So then from there, pandemic is over. And correct me if I'm wrong, but then you transition to the radio. Yeah, because we were going through the political, the racially intense political sphere George Floyd. and the vaccine and George Floyd. All the things. And I was concerned for the community that it wasn't getting enough of the information because everybody was sitting down. You know what I mean? Of course they were watching it, but they're all watching memes and shit that doesn't mean anything. So... <laughs> You know, yeah. people dying and all types. I felt responsible uh, for my community, and I wanted to go amplify. Plus, on the Puffet, radio, Puffett went out there and said he was controlling the black vote. So, I had well, to. you de- we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> and thank you for having me as a weekly contributor on the radio show too. For, was, for two years, that two was years. cool. No, I appreciate it. For no, sure. but before you blew up, though, like I was. Uh, it was ascending. <laughs> it was on the I ascension. I just said before <laughs> it was blew on up. the ascension. The ascension. But it was not before you blew up. I think that was. You really just like he gives way. <laughs> I just think that he was gives one. way more credit than you. I just, no, I think that was one. Of, it's cool. <laughs> whatever you wanted to be, Yo, Every Monday, but, but like every I Monday. said, I'm greatly appreciative. I'm greatly appreciative of it. Yeah. And then, but then, so then that <laughs> this guy, want to take a shot? <laughs> Yo, KB is one. Of the, I think like you really know him. That's the, that's why you can laugh because you really know him. No, but I, I and you know, you know. <laughs> But he That's why I love it. This guy is amazing. Uh-oh. But then, so then, so then that that ran its course, and then then you started the own your own show, right? So there's a timeline here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, let's talk about this this journey of about the last three years in the media space for you, from Instagram to radio to having your own show now. Yeah. So um, and partly why I said y'all inspired that earlier is because I felt like after meeting y'all. I mean, obviously, I've been in the business forever, but like meeting y'all, it was something specific that was your purpose and that you were on. And I've always been in my purpose-driven lane, mm-hmm. but my passion and my purpose weren't all the way aligned, right? Because I think we all live life and we want to amass a certain amount of success, right? That is the blueprint. And it's not taught to define it for yourself. It's just taught this is the way to do it. This is the way such such did it. You can do it like this. Put your twist on it and, and continue to climb. But during the pandemic, when I was forced to sit down, I had also realized I had some trauma that I hadn't never addressed in my 50 years of life. Obviously, I wasn't quite 50 then. I'm 50 now. But I think my 47th year of life, and I was like, damn, I had trauma. Like know, what kind of trauma? Childhood trauma. Mm. I mean, getting keys offered to me at 12 years old, 14, like stupid shit, like, or seeing people high, laid out, die. Like, that's not normal 
behavior, and it's not something that should be accepted as normal. But how did that affect? Like, how did that? How did those experiences? When you like, how did that affect? Did it affect you as a husband? Did it affect how you was parenting your children? Like, how did you notice that something yeah. wasn't right? I love that question. You're, you're a professional. Um, <laughs> I feel like I had already identified the things that were most meaningful. Well, you know, what matter most or what were most meaningful to me. The gag was, though, I had blinders on the whole time when it came to my professional career and the way that I dealt with people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so when the pandemic came, the blinders came off because I had to sit down and like reassess and look at everything. And when that happened, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know I felt this way. You know, it's days you're by, you know, you're with your family or you're, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out how to exist. And I went immediately into three o'clock every day, the Kenny Burns show, come see me frame your favorite celebrity. So in that process, I felt more of the same. It wasn't different. It's like, I've been talking to y'all my whole career. This is not fun. Like it was fun for the viewer. Mm -hmm. But for me, I wasn't being fulfilled because I was going through this evolution. You know what I mean? And when I got to the end of the year and a half that I did it straight and started to go on the radio, it became evident that I was meant to do something different. I had a voice and I was building this community. I already, you know, already had love, respect, followers, admiration from peers, so on and so on. But this was more intentional. And so I stopped interviewing celebrities and I invited, this is when the four-way started on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I just started having the people that were coming join the conversation and we're talking about the vaccine and we're talking about Donald Dump. I don't refer to him as Donald Trump. You caught that? Yeah. So they were more meaningful conversations and I felt like that could impact people way more. And this is one of the things I told y'all in the beginning that the information will carry you through. Your relationships are good. You know what I mean? Obviously now you've interviewed everybody you probably ever want to interview on a grand scale. There's a few more billionaires maybe a tr Elon Musk, you know what I mean? But there's not much more you could do for our community as far as putting them in perspective. But I felt the same. I'm like, who else I'm interview? I done interview every celebrity in the world. I've interviewed the presidents of the United States. I've interviewed the vice, I mean, what else am I gonna do? And it became evident that the community needed me more than ever. So I realized that my purpose was based on the success of my community. Um, even more during the pandemic. Always was that in that direction. But yeah. Listening to you speak and, and from what you're saying, it sounds like the pandemic, although it was tragic for some, yeah. became therapeutic for you. Enlightening. Um, from a professional and from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Right? So talk about that part of it because what you're wearing today, you got, and we'll, and we'll get back to the, the podcast space. I want to talk about that. But what you're wearing today is something that you built with the family inside yeah. of the space, right? Yeah. And um, that's who I've always been. I've been married 24 years this year. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Nick. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> and I have two great humans that, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like um, my son now is just turned 19. My oldest is 22. And at the time of the pandemic, you know, I'm also looking at, this is the first thing in my life I've ever experienced like that but this is gonna be their new normal, mm -hmm. right? Being teenagers and consuming the things and going through the things they're going through, like it's not gonna be a stretch for them. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I'm literally going through all types of reorganizing in my mind and how I wanna show up and who I wanna be to what and most importantly to them. So, you know, we, we created this clothing brand, obviously 2017 is when we created it, but yeah. during the pandemic, we had two incredible releases sold out of everything. Like, 
the first 30 minutes type thing. And um, it's been going great, man. So I'm super proud of them. this collection is out right now. So make sure y'all. So who's, whose idea was check it? Check out the Miracle was Baby it collection. Your son's idea or was it your idea? It was my youngest son's idea. To have the brand. To have the brand. Whose idea was it to work together? Uh, it was kind of odd because he was 15 when he first okay. wanted to so do it. So you did it as like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I got to help you. Gotta walk you yeah. I got to walk you through it. I'm going to teach you how to fish. Obviously, I was the second black designer ever in Saks Fifth Avenue with Ryan Kinney. I've had major success. I didn't here. know that the, um, your partner was Ryan Ryan Lover, Lover yeah. I didn't know Ryan that. Ryan Kinney. Yeah. And boy. Derek Dudley, who's my manager now. But yeah, you know, we had some tremendous success with that. We changed hip hop. I mean, everybody was wearing white tees and baggy shorts before us, even Dane. Button ups. You know? Even Dane. <laughs> When, when you were going through this this the pandemic from a personal and professional standpoint, when you were thinking about the content you were creating, were you thinking about your your sons? Were they in your mind? Like, Man, what, what's the impact? Always every decision, right? Like, what impact am I going to have with the information I'm providing? How is it impacting them? Every decision, man. That's part of the reason I left the clubs. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, that was at least a half a million in cash a year. You know what I mean? But. It also doesn't serve serve me musically, but also that I don't want them to see that that's an actual lifestyle. You know what I mean? To be, I was in a what, club for seven seven years. Mm-hmm. I stopped in 2013. I mean, I host events, but they're events. They're tent pole events, essence. You know, strength of a woman. All the bigger thing. You know, bigger black tent pole events. But you know, I want them to see that you know it's okay to be mature and grow. You know, our 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 community is hard on you when you turn a certain age. I think for the first time ever, and this is another exclusive, I think for the first time ever I'm experiencing, experiencing ageism. Really? Oh yeah, because I, I, I've never said my age yeah. in the way that I celebrated my 50th year of life, but I'm fucking 50. I never thought I'd see 25. Mm-hmm. So my 50 was important to me, and we did it at Versace Mansion with the both of you missed, but I don't know how that happened. No, um, it in, no it's cool. I mean, it's, it's really, you did it at Paisley. No, but it's fine. You, you did missed it. my 50th. We we were in London. It yeah. doesn't matter. You could have got there <laughs> from you spent no, a billion three on InvestFest. You could have got a jet. Y'all got money. <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear that. But anyway, I I, I in my fiftieth year of life, I decided I don't want to be looked. I'm not young. I'm not trying to compete with with you know what I'm saying the the youngins. I want to be a, a vehicle for the youngins, a vessel or inspiration. I don't you know what I mean. So look at me as such. Yeah. And it was more about separating myself from the things that seem younger, you know? And I'm, I'm not doing a little baby nothing. I'm not doing a little Dirk nothing. You know what I mean? I like my CQ crew, you know what I mean? I like- yeah. The people who've grown with you. I like R&B, you know, I live in the 90s. So who who is, where are you facing the, is it in booking event? How is this age? You wanna know where, I'm, where yeah. I face the ages and are y'all ready for this? Yeah, right. Last year, and I'm not saying this is actual facts with it there, treating me as such, because it's totally my demographic. Yeah. But I hosted Essence last year. The biggest attendance in Essence history, 79,000 people at the Superdome, alongside Tiffany Haddish, murdered it. And was basically told, I, you know, did an incredible job that weekend. And for me, that's like the ultimate as a host. Mm -hmm. I can go be funny. I can hype up the crowd. I can do all the things. I don't, you know, and it's a huge bag once a year, you know what I mean? So long story short, I was told basically I hadn't end up not getting it this year. And it's because of me hosting Strength of a Woman. And so there's a whole lot of sponsored things that went on in that. But I also found out after all of the 
communication was weird that they wanted to go younger. That's the reason they had Megan the Stallion headlining, so forth and so on. Like you notice they didn't I don't want to talk about their their choices. Megan Stallion's headlining? She's headlining. Um and so which is cool. Last year they did City Girls, last year they had Nicki Minaj on Friday night, and I get it. Oh yeah. But okay. it's you know, it's a gradual they're thing. Skewing, skewing younger. They're skewing yeah. younger. They're, they're skewing younger. But they still, so they still had New Edition Sunday and Janet Saturday. So it was last year was amazingly yeah. put together. But right. the person who put together last year is not in charge of the lineup. So this, okay. So there's a you know in culture you got to always realize something with a beautiful, impactful, and spiritual weekend like Essence Festival. That is the the main demographic is a certain age. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no it's no debating. It's a certain age, like forty. It's forty and up, right? And the 40-year-olds and up are now just getting, getting hold of Essence because the 50s and 60s had it for the last however many years. So the 40-year-olds are like, we can finally put, because imagine the 40s to 50-year-old is the 90s, Yeah. right? It's Mariah Carey, it's, it's, it's Sean Puffy Combs, it's Jay-Z, it's Missy, like, you know what I mean? So I think there's a certain thing they're trying to do, which I respect. And it, I'm, I'm big shout out to the, 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 the four people that got the hosting opportunity, but I thought that was a little, cause I murdered it last year. So, so strength of a woman, shout out to strength of a woman. The big shout out to Shauna Ayers, Mary J. Blige. We're going to be there for that. They the um, new thing. Yeah, we'll be there. So how, you said that you, it was like one or the other. You know, there's soft drink wars out here in these streets. y'all. Uh. I don't want to get, too political about it because I'm down with everybody. I want you to see me as a host, not that you own or possess me, that I can't do one without the, because Lauren Hill is doing Strength of Woman first and then she's doing Essence, you know, third. She's doing Roots Picnic before she's doing Essence. So treat me like you treat Lauren. That's all I ask. Can we talk about Freaknik? I'm in the new documentary. Uh, It's coming out very soon on Hulu. So, (laughs) but Oh, that and then right. I follow. Let's talk about Freaknik. I caught the tail end of that. In 1997, I came to Atlanta. My brother lived in SWAT. How old are you, for the record? I'm 41. 39. All right. So we kind of we kind of missed it. I just heard the stories. I never, I never. Always heard the stories. I actually had the T-shirt. I had the T-shirt, and I remember wearing it to school, and they were like, you can't wear this. Because it said Freak. It, it, said, it, it had the year on it and everything. But I believe Hulu was involved. Mass Appeal was involved. How, how are you involved in this this historical uh, piece of work? Well, from my understanding, it is about a period of Freaknik, which was 94. And I'm sure there's a whole lot of storytelling about how it originated, et cetera, which it originated with the D.C. Metro Club. So some guys from D.C., a crew from D.C. actually started Freaknik at the AU Center. Um, but 1994, in specific, Freaknik was when I bought the Big Mac promo to Big and, and Craig yes, Mack. Craig Mack to the warehouse, which was Funk Clinic Fridays. And then we had the whole weekend and there was some gunplay with Puff and them, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was a whole legendary story on how he was about to fuck my money up for Freaking Nick. So it's a whole thing. Yeah. And Slim Pickens, big shout out to Slim Pickens. I hope they get the footage from Slim because he has all of it on tape. He actually gave me a piece in my documentary when he was like, Rodney King, and they were fighting by the barricades. That was Puff and Wolf and, and all peace. of us. So yeah, rest in peace. But anyway, so that's a whole legendary moment. So that's why I'm in it because I got one of the so most you, legendary. You're just telling, that, telling that story. Well, yeah, I'm talking about Freaknik in general because I came for the first one in 1992. So I covered 92 to 94. So 
What exactly was Freaknik? Freaknik was, you know, where you could be an adult, you know what I'm saying? It's like a parade, like outside? It's, no, it's it a black college experience like no other, where you could literally be an adult. You, you got to imagine, you're, you're leaving home. It's black, it's, so it was for colleges? Kids? It was historically black colleges. This is the biggest cluster here. Morehouse, Spelman, Morris right. Brown, Clark. Morris Brown was fully functional on a high level, had students, the whole thing, man. That's where I went to school. Um, but yeah, so it was the thing. It was like the, come to Atlanta, Freak Nick. Like a big homecoming. It was a all. big homecoming, but it was in the spring. It was actually around now. In a park. It started in a park, and then it ended up on the freeway with barbecue pits and all types of Just nasty shit. On the freeway. Oh, yeah. They shut disgusting. down the freeway? Oh, they shut their head? Yeah, they could, yeah, yeah, couldn't they, do it. They, 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 yeah. Atlanta wasn't ready for the traffic. Like they're, like they're still, still not, not ready for ready. traffic. Yeah, but. And it's documented. It's documented. And people are, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you, this is the biggest non-paid promo I've ever seen in the world for sure. Everybody's talking about yeah. people, people are, they are actually, terrified. It's actually a group of, I believe, professional women now. It's who true, saw that. Lawyers, doctors, different, you know. You saw Yolanda Adams. Did you see the picture? Uh, Yolanda uh, Adams. In Freaknik? With, with the butt, uh, like, not like she wasn't ass out, respect, all respect, dude. But like she was at Freaknik participating. No, people were outside, bro. Imagine no like camcorders, but no cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could be the you know the person you really wanted to be. It's like, and then deal. you're drinking, and you're around people that are from all over the South, historically black colleges. I think it's from, from from New York on down around in Houston. Everybody came and gathered. Yeah. It was the biggest. I mean, you could walk outside. It wasn't about clubs. Of course, we had parties, but you could be outside and have the time of your life. So this is the uh, when I when I think of it, I think of Adina Howard. And that, freak in the morning, freak. That became a the theme song. For but when me. I think, of, I think of little Kim when she was like, "Want a cheap chick? You better go on a freak." That's later. Yeah. That by the time that came out, that was like ninety eight. That's ninety seven, yeah. ninety eight, which was it was like it was over yeah. by then. It was over. It was over. They still were trying. They were trying to do it. So how it was, they had like a three year run. No, Freaknik went from like the eighties. I forgot yeah. their oh, first year. Yeah, yeah, no, shit. Yeah. yeah, they put it in um in the BMF series when they had like how Meech and them. Yeah, yeah, they went down. Yeah, and that that kind of changed some things as well. So. We got to talk about a few other things before we wrap. You have a film coming out. Yeah, I've been working Fight on Night. Yeah, I've been working on this project called Fight Night with Will Packer. It's been about seven, eight years. Uh, first had a deal with Universal. Now we're doing it with Peacock. Um, Fight Night is the story about the biggest heist in Georgia history. The backdrop was the Ali Quarry fight in 1970, fresh off the draft dodging situation that Muhammad Ali was in. Mm -hmm. And um, the fight was here in Atlanta. And there was a guy, a numbers runner, hustler named Chicken Man. And then the other character was um, this detective, first black detective, HD, um, and how they kind of came together in a way. Um, but Chicken Man was blamed for this robbery that happened the night of the fight. Uh, after the fight, all the people got lured to this house, got robbed, stripped down. It was like a wild story. Oh, was a, they robbed people. They robbed people, yeah. yeah. The, you, the Uptown Saturday Night was loosely based on the the, the Cosby and Portier. Cosby and Portier. So this is the real story about the real people. and um, Like celebrities stuff? What, what? They got robbed, like celebrities? Yeah, all types of celebrities, dignitary. Like, it was crazy. It was well, crazy. And Kevin well, Hart starring in it. He, yeah, so I saw that Kevin starring in it. What, what's your role in it? Are you part of the... Co-executive producer. Co-executive? Yeah. So we got we got producer. film credits now. Yeah, man. You know, we got stories we want to tell. That's the next phase for me. I was going to ask that, because I feel like, for us, I mean, we've watched your career. We've interviewed you. We've had a relationship now. But there's things on the, the bucket list, I guess, or the whiteboard yeah 
that you haven't done yet. Yeah. And so that's one of them. Are there some others? Yeah, I want to tell the Tony Lewis story. Um, for those that don't know, Tony Lewis Sr. was a part of the Rayful Edmonds. Um, he was a co-defendant for Rayful Edmonds, one of the biggest drug dealers from my city where I'm from, Washington, D.C., the first to be taken on Army helicopters to Quantico and locked up. And he did 34 years, man. And he was, you know, super stand-up dude. And he actually actually has another story outside of just Rayful Edmonds. He was down with Cornell, another big um, superhero from my era. And obviously he was in the mix of the Wayne, I'm sorry, the Alpo, Rich Porter, AZ um, story too. So looking forward to helping him tell his story. What's the status of uh, TKBS? I know you went from radio to, to podcasting, which is a new space for you podcasting. What, yeah. What's that been like? Thank you what, for the inspiration. Yeah, what, what, how's that going for you? What's it's, the- it's been incredible. I started monetizing um, the second month. You know, I'm a different beast when it comes to that, though, because I think a lot of people love the experiential um, side of what they could do with me. So yeah. unlike most people starting out on podcasts, I immediately jumped into benefiting from from it. So it's growing steadily, you know, and um, we have partners like McDonald's, American Express, Discover, Ford. Not um, easy. Not easy, <laughs> you know. And um, again, the experiential things are a blessing, too, because Although I don't have like EYL numbers yet, um, it's been very lucrative. Philanthropy, that's something that's important to you. Yeah, man, I'm working with Amazon now, man. We actually just gave a $40,000 scholarship to STEM students from Clayton County to Cab County and um, Atlanta Public School System. And that's all I wanna do. I wanna make a difference in the, you know, in the wealth gap. I wanna make a difference in the opportunity gaps that are in our, you know, our communities. Uh, Amazon is allowing me to, I do public policy consulting for them, um, which has everything to do with community and the betterment of it. So when it comes to politicians and things of that nature, I'm advising on where we need to show up and how we need to show up. Before we leave, I want to ask a question about Atlanta. So you're, you're from DC, but you called Atlanta home. You've been yeah, here for since pretty 92. Much. Yeah. So Recently, um, there's been a lot of issues in Atlanta. The untimely Please. passing of Takeoff to the, the RICO case with Young Thug, a variety of different things. And I even heard 21 Savage say, like, it, the city is just not the same anymore. Like, yeah. There's like a dark cloud over it. Um, the unpassing, timely death of AG's brother. Yeah. A variety of different things one. that have happened, especially in the nightlife and in, in the hip hop and hip hop culture. Um, what is the vibe like in Atlanta right now from your perspectives? And is it a, a, a cloud over the city? Um, Atlanta's still the blackest city in America. I'm sure 19 Keys might think Oakland is. <laughs> um, but I think it's the, it's the epicenter of opportunity. You know what I mean? When we used to look at New York and LA for being opportunity in multiple genres of business or multiple sectors of business. I think this is the place now that tech is heavily here, obviously with music, film, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think the youth is in a, a pivot like no other though. And I'm glad you asked that question because even one of my clients is Amp, um, Amazon. Um, so I'm telling them as we identify, there's, they have this thing called Fresh Finds. And I feel like Atlanta culture musically obviously comes, the, I mean, the fruit of that is, I'm sorry, the tree of that that bears the fruit is outcast, goody mob. And honestly, civil rights to them, it was messaging. 
everything Outcast stood for, Goody Mob stood for, had messaging in all of the initial, you know, initial mm-hmm. thing. One, they wanted to represent their city property. Two, they wanted to keep the core of culture involved in their music. That has gotten lost 10 times over, right? The beauty of this generation, though, is melodically and sonically, it's another melodic. It's, it's, it's incredible, but they're not saying anything. It's a fact. They're not saying anything. Well, little baby is. No, he's separate. He's he's cut from the old. Okay, club. yeah, that's a fact. And I'm sorry, I should have said that, but people mm-hmm. who know me know because I talk about this. Yeah, I'm always asked this question, um, but I think the majority. Yeah, that's a fact. Right, um, led with the misogyny, destruction, you know, um, drug culture, all of them. And now that, and, and it's ironic you brought it up because my manager Derek Dudley is doing a documentary on the DA, DA's office. Uh-oh. And they said since Thug and the YSL and the YFN crews have been locked up, the murders have gone down 35%. Heard about you know that. what I'm saying? So I think when you look at life mm. and you look at where we are, Atlanta's in a reconstruction musically yeah. and who we are as a city. You know what I mean? And that's why like, I'm even encouraging my partners like Amazon or whomever I'm in business with to have a lens that leans towards music is you have the opportunity to fix a broken music system here in Atlanta. You have the opportunity to project and amplify people that get messaging. Because hip hop has always been messaging for us. There's always been clues, there's always been assignments, there's always been things that have have been the soundtrack to our lifestyle. And this music is not a soundtrack to our lifestyle. For the first time in I think music history, we don't use this to grow from, learn from, and amplify but from so, it. But, the, sad, but the sad thing about it is it is a it soundtrack is, to a yeah, lot of that's what I was gonna kids. Say. No, not the majority. But perspective is key. Yeah, perspective right? is key. You're looking at this now, right? And you're saying, yeah, the murder rate has gone down 35% from a parent and an adult and somebody who's been in this game for a long time. You've matured to the point of like, all right, I like that. Yeah. You can look at your son. He may be screaming out, free the gods. Yeah, right? not really. But, right. but no, you. I'm not saying he, yeah, yeah, yeah. hypothetically he could be, yeah. right? His age group might be saying no, for that, sure. not realizing the overall impact that something like that could have had. No, for sure. Right? So the perspective there is different. So, I mean... But the majority, okay. and we always got to deal in the majority, the majority of black culture doesn't want death and destruction. The majority. No, right? yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the minority, they, don't, they don't even understand it. Yeah, or even to his point, like when you talk about glorifying, like I didn't... We grew up, fuck the police was like, they're beating the shit out of us. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Fight the power was like, yo, we have the power. They come to, so my thing is now, I think there's a, you know, that's why I love what 19 Keys and what y'all do as far as the speaking of life, like how you can own, how you can mature your assets, how you can, you know, the knowledge is here, the information is here. All you gotta do is tap in. You're part of the generation, <laughs> like the first generation that we've seen mature <sighs> and still we've had respect for, right? Cause like hip hop, this is his 50th year, right? But we don't view the pioneers the same way we do as the next generation. I guess the guys from the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were able to grow old. They were able to go through life. They were able to mature. And so we can see that, yeah. right? Like this generation is now going to look at y'all and us as like, oh, wait, that's what we can be. Just like how Freaknik it was a thing, 100%. right? There was a generation of like, these kids are out of control. Yeah. But not out of control, killing and and, no, no, not, and, and women and women acting like men. That's and, different. No, no, but it, it, but this, this is my thing, and this is for y'all, nineteen keys, the part of your crew I love and respect. Part of your crew I love. 
you know, y'all. Is a part of our crew that you don't David like? David Shans, I love. I don't know all their names, so I'm not going to. But the point is, there's real progress being made yes. in our community with platforms like this. You got to blow the rest of the shit up. Mm-hmm. Y'all have to start, like, separating. It's not, everybody's not going to be here for the entire journey, bro. And it's on us, to your point. I got a whole project I'm working on. I'm not going to say the name because somebody's going to try to bite it, but I'm part of the problem. My generation is part of the acceptance of the bullshit. Mm -hmm. Not all of us from the standpoint of individually, but as a cult. We accept it a lot. Why do you think half these motherfuckers are out of control? Most leaders are out of control. Out of control. Right? Mm -hmm. You got to respect. You don't have to do anything. But you respect, hopefully, what they brought to culture. But a lot of them are out of control. Most other half is dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So you look at like, where where do we want to be? Where do we want to be? We see how easily they take the money from our athletes, our actors. The guy that just was, the, what's the Ant-Man guy's name? I've never seen somebody go away so fast and people run from that man, Ant, with Jonathan Majors. I've never seen. Oh, I, and they ain't even got the, the, the video. They don't even have a thing. They just ended this. And I don't know what he did. And he might be totally wrong. But I'm just saying, they're quick to get rid of us all. That's a fact. Y'all are building something they can't take away from because it's not on the traditional platforms. It's not done in a traditional way. That's why I'm still, you know what I'm saying, in it. Can't, you can't take nothing from me that you ain't gave me. That's a true. Fact. So I, I just encourage y'all to continue that energy. Can't take anything. And you impressed take. me earlier, Shadi. <laughs> yeah, you're speaking out. And it's not about speaking out against. Yeah. You got to check. If we're not checking each other. It's a, fa- not, it's a family conversation. It is a, I like how you did that. It was gentle. You might talk. You might talk to your brother. It's an issue. It's not like you want violence or you want to embarrass them. Yes. But it's just this isn't correct. I need need to have a community have an understanding. And anytime y'all hear me say someone's name, I want them to hear what I'm saying, so that can in fact happen. I don't want motherfucker. Listen, and and y'all know this by now. Y'all been in it long enough. You see how people move when certain people in the room. Mm -hmm. You see how people move when certain people say shit. Be like. Or how he get to say that? And nobody says nothing. Well, goddammit, there's some truth to it then. You gotta remember that. That's a fact. And, and how you show up is how you show up is how you will be received. You come in timid and not knowing who you are, what you are, they're gonna treat you that way. This they these these people, and y'all are dealing with them on a large level now. These people are kind now. They're, you know, but a lot, a lot of them are kind individuals. I'm not saying all of them, but mm-hmm. they did what they did to get where they at. But y'all not doing, y'all, that's not y'all blueprint. Y'all playbook is different. This is a new, this is a new playbook for a new generation. Yep, that's a fact. You're right. That's a fact because there was yeah. no, there was no gatekeeper that we had to appease to Ooh. get to where we are. So yeah. it's a, it's a different level of like freedom because we didn't have to ask for permission or try to sneak somebody to get to this point. And you know the importance of relationships. Yeah, no cosigns. 30 somethings don't they kind of get it. 20 somethings don't get it. You know better, but everybody else, (laughs) think about the next generation. It's important. They can't even have a full conversation without hyphening words. Hyphening words. Taking letters out, putting X's. A voice note. That's my. That's all you get. Might get. But that's, that's not cool. No, it's fact. It's it's desensitizing. The whole social media thing is an interesting experiment that we won't actually know the full effects on until probably thirty years from now. Yeah, and it's definitely taken away from brain function activity. I was watching Lucy last night. Y'all ever seen Lucy? Lucy like Lucy the drugs. She the guy in her body. And oh, she got hundred oh, no, percent no. usage of her brain. No, that's like limitless. Y'all gotta check out Lucy. 
I forgot the girl's name, but it's. But I, but I think okay. that like because we don't use enough of our brain, because we don't even tap into it. Like again, we trying to find knowledge of self. My generation, we trying right. to find out where we come from. We try all these things in tw- in our twenties. We were doing. Mm-hmm. Who trying to find a heritage? Who trying to even know about tradition? Yeah. Y'all can set the table for that. That's what you got to do. We create the narrative, shape the narrative, and that changes how people will view things. That's why the agave. Um, tequila is important because I'm thinking to myself like, yo, we're going to Africa. How do we work together to make sure we highlight that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's I got an African agave coming, 19 Q. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're everybody interested. thinks tequila only come from. <laughs> yeah, 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 in case yeah, yeah. They missed that part of the yeah. Straight from the motherland. Watch the episode. <laughs> Watch the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I appreciate it, brother. I feel like um, it's always important to keep the race running. We pass the baton. Everybody's got different parts, different roles. There's different generations. But it's important that we have these conversations on an ongoing basis because um, there's a lot that we can learn from your generation. There's a lot that you guys can learn from our generation. There's a lot that we can learn from younger generation. Yeah. And all of this comes into play from the media to, you know, the lifestyle, branding, to the political side, to everything. It's like we all have to work together because that's an ecosystem. Yeah. Like ecosystem isn't just one thing. Yeah. It takes everything to create an actual ecosystem. Yes. So if we want to have a healthy ecosystem, then we have to have a better line of communication. You shouldn't yell at your elders on Instagram ever again. Please. Apologize about that. I don't think that I actually yelled, but <laughs> you're still going at this. Yeah, I apologize. No, you're not letting up. <laughs> I just couldn't let the, I couldn't let the conversation go. Apologize about that for yeah, sure. Yeah, what are we talking about? Kanye West. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How do you feel about it today? I had to I had to do this before we got off the thing. How do I feel about yay? No, the lat that come on now. You, the specific thing you yelled at me about. Well, you gotta understand, yay. No, where no. how do you yell? feel about yay today? <laughs> the same. Thank you for tuning in to episode <laughs> 2001. This has been Rashad Blouse, Troy Millers, and your lifestyle specialist, Kenny Burns. The dream. It's free. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.